0: I'm life and business coach Samantha Siffring, and this is the Online Business Building Mamas Podcast, where you learn how to build a wildly successful business from home while raising kids. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I am so excited to have my client, Beth Meeting on the podcast. We are first of all going to talk about going viral. So, Beth is a client of mine who was still kind of figuring out her place to market. She was looking for what is that place where people are going to find out about me? How am I going to nurture them? How am I going to connect them to me and show them who I am? and was in this space of just experimenting and being playful and trying things out. And in that process, ended up going viral on TikTok. So we wanted to talk about it and kind of do a behind the scenes of how did that happen? How did she do that? What specifically did she do? What are the common things that led to that so that you can replicate that, maybe not to go viral, but to get your message out there and connecting with more people. And what she identified as those really important steps is going to be so helpful to all of you who might be feeling a little stuck with your marketing or a little unsure of how to put something out there that's really gonna resonate with people. I think the way that she explains this and what she has really found is important in marketing that goes viral is going to surprise you a lot. I think that it's not really what you think it's gonna be in the best possible way. So this is a really great episode for any of you because we all have to market our businesses. And then after that, we talk a little bit about her niche. So we talk a lot about intuitive eating and what it is, who it's for, who specifically she works with. I have had a lot of success this year, losing weight with intuitive eating. I think I shared during the interview that I've lost like 12 pounds so far this year in like three and a half months. And I have done it eating pretty much whatever I want. I haven't restricted any types of foods. I have had pancakes and waffles and tacos and pizza and all the things that I used to think I had to give up to be able to lose weight or eat healthy and really redefined my relationship with myself and my body and food. And the byproduct of that has been that weight has been very easy to lose. And it's been very easy for me to get back to what I feel like is just kind of my natural place. So we talk about both things. And I'm really thinking that you're going to be fascinated with one or the other, or both. So, I'm really excited to be sharing this with you. All right, let's get into it. Welcome, Beth, to the podcast. Thank you. I am so happy to have you here. This topic is so good. We were just joking that I think this is the one everyone wants to hear. And This is going to be like the most downloaded episode, I feel like, because everyone's going to be like, tell me all the secrets. (laughs) So before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Yeah. So my name is Beth Smeaton. I'm an intuitive eating life coach, and I specifically help women end binge eating and feel in control of their eating habits. So we do that by making peace with food and their body, helping them tune into entrusting their body to tell them what, how much, and when to eat. And then we also identify and solve what's causing her to binge eat or ignore her fullness
0: cues. I love it. I think we need to talk about that a little bit today too, but first let's talk about going viral. <laughs> tell right. me, tell me your going viral story. Like I want to know, obviously I know. I want everybody else to know what was it like in your business before? Like how are you marketing? How are things going? And then what led up to it and then like what actually happened?
1: Okay. Yeah, so that this was last summer and I was mainly on Instagram. So I was posting written content, and then I had the idea to go on TikTok because with my niche of binge eating, it can be kind of heavy. It's a a behavior that comes with a lot of shame and judgment So I wanted to bring some lightness to it and bring some fun to it because I no longer see it as something that's shameful and I don't want my clients to see it that way either. So I decided to go on TikTok and start to have fun with it and create more dancing videos and just more humor into my content. I posted one where I wasn't even doing anything crazy. I was just looking into the camera, not speaking. Text on top of the video, it was maybe seven seconds. And all I said was, do you struggle with X, Y, Z, her main struggles, and I can help you, and this is how you can find me. And it exploded. (laughs) And I remember we were working one on one at the time, and I came to you like, oh my God, so many people are watching this and you're like how many people is a lot I'm like like 250,000 and then it got all the way up to a million and i was like
0: oh my god yeah yeah so, and what was your audience size before
1: on TikTok it went from like 0 to 60,000 in i don't know maybe 4 weeks or less yeah and then Instagram it was I think around three thousand three thousand and then it that grew to over seven thousand in like a week,
0: yeah, isn't that crazy? insane yeah. it's my favorite thing that really you were just like, "Hey, do you struggle with these things? I can help you <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think so- this is blowing people's minds right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Cause, and then the response from that video was so many comments of women saying, oh my God, that's me. How can you help me? Like, Tell me how. And it just helped connect and let them know, oh, you're not alone. You're not crazy. So many people struggle with this and there's a way out of it. So yeah. It
0: that- I think that that's so important because I think This is true in a lot of niches, but obviously, you know, this is true with yours that it is almost like a secret shame that people feel so alone in and don't feel safe to share. Mm -hmm. And when they see somebody just talking about it openly and saying that they can help, it's like it opens up. Hope and possibility, and a way out of something that feels like it's just who they are, or something that they're stuck with. Like there, I, I feel like that's the magic of it: mm-hmm. is shining light on something and inviting people in.
1: Right, and the magic of it that it is so simple makes it feel so magical because it. I'm someone that wants to overcomplicate everything and overthink everything. But when you really break it down to that simplicity, it's like it always has a connection.
0: Yeah. What I also like about knowing, like what I know about your story is that it wasn't just like I went viral and now my life is perfect. (laughs) No. (laughs) I like that there have been. Like ups and downs where you have forgotten the simplicity. And then every time you come back to it, you have a huge influx of people engaging with your content again. It's like you know exactly how to create these viral moments. You just forget. And when you remember and do it, it happens all over again.
1: And it's fun every time. <laughs> <It does.
0: laughs> so, literally everybody listening is like, okay, Beth, tell me how to go viral. What do I do? What would you say to them is like the process for doing that?
1: Yeah. So the first thing is to get into a feel good energy, whatever that is, whether it's a creative energy, confident energy, um, in service energy, whatever it is that you want to feel get into that space first and a couple ways that I do that is creating or doing a thought download on number one what are all the ways that my business is working so I can remind myself this is working and that I'm not you know get myself out of that self-doubt and another thought download that works really well is why, why do I want to help her why did I start This business in the first place? And why is that important? So, getting into service and making that mind body connection. So, it's not just like, oh, I'm in this positive mindset, but you also feel it in your body where you have that emotional shift where, okay, then from there, now it's, I feel amazing. How can I help her? What do I want to say to her now?
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's so good. And I know for you, what also helped with this is you were just having fun. You were like, I just want to like play with this and test this out. And I think there's a lot of intuition that we have about our right place to market. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we know where we should be. I think we know our person better than we think we do. I think we know our own strengths and how we shine best better than we think we do. And when we really listen to that like pull inside of us towards something that would be fun to try, I think that that is when we find that magic thing. Like I don't think TikTok is the magic. I don't think like the latest and greatest platform is like, oh, I need to go there. I think this can happen on any platform when you have those elements of the feel-good energy and remembering who you help and why you help them and, and how you help them and letting it be fun for you. Like all those things that you talked about, I feel like when all those pieces are there, that's when it works.
1: Yeah, when I think another part with having fun is when you take that pressure off of that one post or video or podcast or whatever it is, then you can have fun. And I think what helps me identify if I do feel stuck, it's because I'm thinking about me and I'm not thinking about her. And so that helps me be like, okay, let me just stop a second and like flip the script on her and why I'm here. And that's a helpful reminder too.
0: Yeah. I also like it wasn't your first TikTok. No. What number was it? Like how many had you made before?
1: Um, uh, maybe not that many, honestly. It was maybe my 20th. And okay. I was posting at the time two or three a day. So it was fast.
0: I think it's it's fast and also. Like how many people have made like five TikToks and not gone viral on any of them and then just like not done anymore? (laughs) Yes,
1: and that's such a good point where it's not about, again, whatever platform you're on. It's not about the metrics. That doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. He's or he, whoever your client is, whenever they find you, they're going to be watching or reading everything of yours. So it's, if it's on there, awesome. That adds to your, what you talk about, like the value bank. So mm-hmm. it added to it. And just because it's not viral or hasn't been shared a million times, it does not matter. So it doesn't mean it's not working or you should stop.
0: Yeah. I know that that, when I had my free Facebook group, that was so part of it. Like people would join and then they would have years worth of content that they would go back and watch, like in the first couple of days, they would go back and watch every Facebook live I ever did. Even the ones back in like 2018, where I was doing them and nobody was watching live mm-hmm. and they would have like 20 views. And then somebody would dig back in the archives and find them and make a comment. And then they would have like 600 views. because they would like bring it to the top. They would revive it and then everybody would see. So, and I think that happens now with my podcast episodes. Like it's funny to see what episodes people are downloading that are from years ago. I'm like, oh wow, I forgot I even did that episode and people still listen because new people find you and go back through all your stuff. So I think it's even better To have a viral moment when you already have created some content there, not having it be that first thing that you've ever done or fourth thing even, but having this history that they can go through and see more from you and get to know you. I think it makes it more likely that they're going to reach out to work with you.
1: Yeah, exactly. She's trusting you and yeah, exactly what you said. She's getting to know you and then comes to the call, like, okay, where can, where can I sign up?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I think that there's also another thing that happens when people have a like viral moment and they may think that that happening is what is going to translate to making money. But we know like views doesn't equal money. You don't get paid for those views unless you have like a monetized platform. Like you have ads running or something like that, but like TikTok isn't a platform like that. At least I don't think so right now. So some people can experience like huge growth, huge engagement and views and all of that with their content and not make any money. So what are your thoughts on how you translate lots of people viewing and engaging with your stuff to actually signing up to work with you?
1: I think it comes from, at least for me, the varied content that I provide. So the videos for me that go viral are like the ones we just talked about, about, okay, is this you? I can help you. But then I also have other content on there that gives her quick wins of how she can feel better now. Or I have training videos that go into even more depth about what she's struggling with, what what would help her, how I work, what it would look like to work with me. So she's getting this full picture of what it might look like to work with me and she's understanding her problem even more too. So I think that that helps to have a broad range of content and not just the viral ones.
0: Yeah, I really like that. That's not something I ever thought of like in that way that you said it. And I think it gives a good perspective to there's value and there's space in for like value in space for all of the different types of content that you could put out there. And they all serve kind of a different purpose
1: yeah because if you like if i were to only put out the is this you i can help you content she'd be like hello <laughs> how <laughs> so she wouldn't stay so yeah. the goal is to have her stay and help her whether she's working with me one on one or not mm-hmm. i want to get help from whatever platform she's on but it's my page so that's the goal
0: i love that amazing. And you're also inviting her in, which is great. Mm -hmm. So let's shift a little bit. And I do want to talk about how you work with people. And I think that this is particularly important because this whole year I have been implementing intuitive eating Mm -hmm. and I've had so many shifts like this has changed my life. Now I'm like telling everybody, like whatever you're doing, you need to stop. You need to just do intuitive eating (laughs) and they want to know everything about it. So I think even though this is very different than the viral conversation, I want to talk about this too. And I want to give, um, some exposure to these concepts, Cause I don't think I've really talked about it that much on the podcast, like what my journey has been, what even this means, intuitive eating, um, and how it can be helpful. So I would love to have you explain a little bit of like what this even is and who it's for.
1: Sure. So first of all, it's for everyone. I agree. (laughs) And intuitive eating is a form of eating that is guided by your body. So when you're determining what, how much and when to eat, you're tuning into your hunger cues, your fullness cues, your cravings and your satisfaction, and you're trusting that and you're leaning into that rather than typical diet, culture, which is like you need to eat X amount of calories and you need to cut out all carbs and you need to eat in this perfect amount, perfect way to be healthy. Intuitive eating helps you get rid of all those social norms. And you you are then realized, oh, wait, I'm the expert in my own body. I don't need anyone else to tell me how and what makes me feel good. And then that is what creates that control over your eating habits, not like counting calories in the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. And it's the most freeing thing ever.
0: <laughs> I agree. What I have experienced over the past few months is a lot of unlearning all of those norms. Yes. <laughs> it's shocking. Even if you haven't dieted that much. And I think that I've dieted less than most women, my age, I think that even with that, there's so many messages from society that we have about food and eating and like how this all goes, how our body works, all of this, that is so wrong that I find comes up like even now,
1: what are your main, what have you found? What's your main aha from intuitive eating? So
0: curious. (laughs) Okay. So what I noticed coming up a lot, even still is the good food, bad food. Yeah. Like I will still kind of have this thought about like, this is okay or not okay. Or like, I'm going to gain weight because of this or not gain weight because of this. And I think the biggest aha for me has been, I can lose weight or gain weight no matter what I'm eating. And I have been using intuitive eating, like for weight loss specifically. I was doing a lot of emotional eating, stress eating as I've been growing my business. And this was the year that I was like, okay, I'm gonna put a halt to this. Uh-huh. I'm gonna take charge. And um, and I wanted to do it in a different way. Like at the beginning of this year, I just had this sense of like exhaustion around any way that i had ever lost weight before
1: mm-hmm.
0: and was like i don't want to do any of that like that's so hard that's so like not enjoyable and because i've done it before and was still in a place where i had gained weight it was like i know that there's always that chance that even though i do this struggle i could always gain it back mm-hmm. And so I was like, I just, I don't feel like I have the energy for that. Like, I don't have the, like, to do that process again. So I was like, I have to do something else. And so that's what brought me to it. And it's been incredible that, like, I have gone on vacations. I've had wine. Mm -hmm. I drink lattes every single morning. Mm -hmm. I have eaten everything like pizza, pasta, donuts, tacos, <laughs> waffles, like all of the things. Like I had a cupcake last night and it's all fine. Like I have hot chocolate almost every single night. Like that's my new thing. Like if I'm still like kind of hungry after dinner, it's like, oh, I'm gonna have some hot chocolate.
1: <laughs> it's the best. Nothing is off limits. And like when you're describing you know, the before of what you had gone through, it's almost like that idea that we need willpower or we need much self-discipline in order to feel a certain way. And we don't. (laughs) And that's what's like the most mind-blowing thing is that when we actually listen and trust our body, it's like all that does not matter.
0: Yes. I think the challenge was getting to that place where I could really listen to my body.
1: Yeah, that's where the unlearning part comes, mm-hmm. where you, it's important to quiet the mind with all those food rules and guidelines and nutrition facts that you think are important, which some of them are. I'm not going to say none of them are. But quieting the mind so that, oh, I actually do have hunger cues or I'm actually not paying attention to fullness or I'm eating emotionally and not judging it, but getting curious about, okay, what's actually going on here and what are, what is, what do I really need in this moment? Because mm-hmm.
0: it's. Probably not food. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another aha has been how little food I actually need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of surprising and not counting calories anymore. Like, I have no idea how many calories I'm taking in. But like when I just like look at portions and then compare it, like sometimes in restaurants, it will look like I didn't eat anything. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I'm like, but I'm satisfied. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I got what I needed from this meal. (laughs) And I notice a lot of thoughts come up about that. Um Actually, we were on vacation recently, and my whole family is kind of into eating this way. Like, I, I feel like this is how kids naturally eat. And then we train them to clean the, their plates, which right. is like lesson number one that we receive from childhood. Mm-hmm. So we went out to dinner and I was like, you know, I'm not super hungry, but there's a lot of things on this menu that look incredible. And we've been looking forward to this meal for so long. We had an early reservation. We had had a late lunch, but like, I wanted to try all the things. Mm -hmm. So I was like, how about we get like three appetizers, two entrees and three desserts for our whole family of five. And then we'll just like see if that's the right amount of food. And it was very confusing to the wait staff there. They were like, "Uh, (laughs) really? And we had to kind of like get over like thinking our server thinks that we are crazy. Um, But it was perfect. And I feel like those kinds of little shifts are the kinds of things that have been so helpful where it wasn't like, well, I want to try multiple things. So I'm just going to overeat at this meal and be stuffed at the end, which I think I would have done before. I would have been like, oh, it's vacation. I'm going to indulge whatever. And then I would have left like feeling so overfull and having my stomach hurt instead of just being like, I'm going to have a bite of every single thing on this menu that I want. And I'm going to leave feeling good.
1: Yes, exactly. And I I think your point about previously, oh, I'm going to indulge, where with intuitive eating, that word is not in your vocabulary anymore. Because since everything fits, you eat whatever you want. There's no like, oh, my God, I need to eat this all right now because I'm not going to get it tomorrow or whatever. It's like I'm eating the foods that satisfy me and that I love and enjoy. Okay, no drama.
0: Yes. And I think it takes some time to build up that understanding with yourself. Um, Like last night, my kids made cupcakes and I had one bite of a cupcake and like I enjoyed it so much. And then I was like so proud of them for baking cupcakes all by themselves. And I didn't feel like I have to eat a whole one. Like I didn't have any weird feelings at all. And I also didn't feel like I can only have one bite. It was just mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to have a bite. I want to taste it. I want to appreciate it. And I know like I can have a cupcake whenever I want. <laughs> it's yep. not a forbidden item.
1: <laughs> yeah. It makes it so much. Like we said, it's just such a carefree way to live. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't want to live that way. It's like. Yeah, of course, everyone should eat this way. Like go away diets. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I know your approach is less focused on the weight loss. Mm-hmm. It's more of a like healing your relationship with yourself and with food. Um do you work with people who do want to lose weight because I talk about this all the time and people are always like, who can I work with? And the coach I work with isn't accepting any clients right now. So I'm like, where do I send them? So I think
1: there's two parts to that conversation. Yeah. It's when I, how I work with women is that port, that piece has to go on the back burner. Like the, the I'm doing this to lose weight has to go on the back burner because then we get, if we think about that, we get stuck in trying to eat a certain amount, trying to eat the right food. And we get stuck in the mind where that's what we're trying to quiet. So we do that unless we're not thinking about, oh, this is how I'm going to lose weight. So we have to connect to the body first, learn how to do that first. And then, okay, if weight loss is then a side effect, like you, you'll know if you've been overeating. Mm-hmm. Also, know if you've been undereating. So, it you just you know what the outcome will most likely be. But you yeah. have to. In my experience, you have to put that with the clients I work with. That goes on the back burner first.
0: So, I think that that makes sense, and I think that this is kind of like. Teaching your body to eat the way that I think we're all wired to eat. If we didn't have any baggage from society and how we were raised and diets that we've done and like all of the inputs that we've had, if we were just like born out in the woods and <laughs> raised, <laughs> by, I don't know, animals or something, I feel like this is how we would eat probably. It- It is. It's, it's almost
1: like I say, like, it shouldn't even be called something. It's just eating.
0: Right. This is just like being a human. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like if there was like breathing plans and I know that there's like breath work there, there are like things you can do with your breath, but like on a daily basis, if it was like measure how many breaths you're taking and you should have this particular kind, like that would seem so strange, Yes, (laughs) Yes. That's that's so like how it is like eating. <laughs> but since we have learned so much that goes against how we're wired and what is like our true nature, I think you do kind of have to go through this unlearning and healing process. And I think when you do that, and then when you're able to just live this new lifestyle, your body will find a natural weight. Yes,
1: exactly. And I talk about that with my clients all the time. Like your body is hardwired for a genetic set point weight. That's it. Like there's nothing we, and we don't have to control it. When we're trying really hard, that may not be the right weight for us. When we're Mm
0: -hmm. not
1: trying and it's effortless, great. You're golden. And that's like where I want everyone to be.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that so much. And I think I started off in this intuitive eating thing, kind of thinking of like having a goal weight in mind. And now I'm in this place where I'm like, Oh, my body feels really good where it is right now. I feel like it looks great where it is right now. And I'm just curious to see where we go from here. It's not like, oh, it has to be this certain way. And the way that I'm doing it because I had this focus was I am weighing myself every day. Mm -hmm. And part of my work with it was seeing that as data. It's just a number. And so now I see it and like, on a trip that I did with a friend of mine in January, I came back and I was like down two pounds, even though we had wine and pizza and all the things Yeah. From my Puerto Rico trip, I was up like five pounds, but then it easily came off the same week that I was home. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was neat to see too, that it's like, I can go away and eat whatever I want and lose weight or stay the same or gain weight and then easily lose it when I'm home. Like, I feel like it takes away all the drama. The more data that I'm getting about my body, I feel like I'm just knowing it more and more Mm -hmm. and how it works. And I think that that has been so fun. And now like, I feel like the number on the scale is a number that used to cause drama for me. And now I'm just like, It could be like what time it is, right? It's like any other time that has no meaning to me at all. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's okay. That's just the number.
1: Yeah. It's our gravitational pull to the earth.
0: Like, yeah. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And I'm, I feel much more in tune with like, how am I feeling? Like, am I feeling like I'm too full? Mm -hmm. Am I feeling like it's just right? you know, or am I feeling hungry?
1: Yeah, and using those data points essentially as learning experiences. Like, why why do I feel too full? Like, mm-hmm. did what happened? And just getting curious about it. And I think that just helps, again, lessen that mind drama about all of it. And just also trusting that even if you do get too full, the body knows what to do with it. You won't maybe you won't be hungry for longer than you normally would have. It's it's trusting that and not being like, "Oh my god, I overate and now what? I need to restrict mm-hmm. and I can't eat or I should skip meals." It's letting go of that and trusting your body, which is such a more calm place to
0: be. Yes. Oh my gosh, this reminds me Stuart, my husband like have a big meal sometimes, and then he will like not be hungry for most of the next day. Mm -hmm. And I used to always be like, that is weird. (laughs) I used to be like, no matter how much I eat, I am ready for the next meal when it's the next meal time. Mm -hmm. And a few weeks ago, I had this experience where I had a big meal. And then the next day I was like, not hungry for breakfast And I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening to me. (laughs) And I think it is that just like trusting, like my body is going to tell me when it's time to eat and it's going to tell me what it wants to eat. Mm -hmm. And if I don't listen, then it's going to tell me that too. And like, it's easy to correct. Mm -hmm. So, um, it is, it's just, it feels like this interesting experiment that I'm doing and loving So I'm glad that we got to talk about it. Is there anything else that you want to share either about going viral and what you've done with your business or intuitive eating and how people can work with you?
1: I mean, uh, first with going viral is just kind of like what we've said was just keep it simple, focus on her. Don't get mad if it doesn't go viral. (laughs) Nothing has gone wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And with intuitive eating, They can find me on TikTok, Instagram, my website. I work with women one-on-one. And it's so much fun. We have a great time.
0: Everybody (laughs) should work with you. And I think one thing that I want to add, because we were just talking about this in the mastermind, is around women who are struggling with binge eating and your thoughts about how you can help them and We were talking about like when they learn the tools, when they work with you, they won't binge again. And I was like, really? Like never again? (laughs) you're questioning it. (laughs) Just like, I mean, what's there? Like, is this like a mostly won't or, (laughs) and you're like a super solid, like they won't. I want you to tell more about that.
1: Yeah. 100% they will not binge eat again and it won't even cross their mind. It won't even be an urge. And I'm so confident in that. And it's so fun to know that and see that in myself. I have struggled with it, but also my clients obviously too. And so, yeah, there's no fear that, oh my God, is this going to work for me? Like there's, it will work.
0: (laughs) I love it. I know that there's somebody listening who wants to work with you. So I was like, we have to talk about this. (laughs) So we will link up all of your places to find you. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. If you like this podcast, I want to invite you to coach with me over in my program, Mama to CEO. There's you, and there's the consistent income you want to make in your business. And I help you remove everything standing in between. It's lifetime access for mastering your marketing, sales, time, and everything else you need to have the business and life you really want. Whether it's making your first thousand or a hundred thousand, I can help you do it. To join, go to mamatoceo.com. M-A-M-A-T-O-C-E-O dot com.